This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 139 of the Laravel News Podcast. I am Jake Bennett and with me as always is my wonderful and going into the cold weather, Mr. Dorinda Man, Aussie Man. Weather's turning a little bit cold down there, huh? We had some rain, but it hasn't really been cold yet, so... Oh yeah, you guys have more of like like a monsoon sort of deal, right? Yeah, I mean, it gets wet, but it doesn't really get too cold. Not like... like at least crazy okay yeah all right fair no, enough no, it doesn't fair get enough. i mean it's it's too cold for my taste but i like it to be warm so anything yeah. cold is too cold for me but it hasn't hasn't really been too cold yet and we're not really i think we're expecting either a late sort of winter or a not really cold winter this year so we'll see what happens with that hey but, um yeah. i want to this is just totally random but just for the sake of posterity i want it to be known that uh the suez canal is being blocked right now this is insane Right. I mean, this is the equivalent of like AWS being down for like a week straight. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. literally like everything is interrupted. I think they said, I can't remember, it's like $450 billion in international trade has been lost or something like that. Like, kind of crazy, you know? Disaster recovery you, you plans. Think, you think, yeah, they could go around. But if you think about any of that, the shipping that's being done that's perishable. You know any oh, any right, food sure. stuff and things that's like that yeah. that's, that's stuck that he can't really afford to take an alternate route, turn around, go the other way. It's just impressive. And I saw there was a a tweet thread that someone who who had previously been a ship captain or something had said, as bad as the situation is that they had got the ship stuck in the canal, it was impressive that they had done little to no damage in doing so. So obviously something had gone wrong with the ship that had got it to become stuck but they were able to save it such that they you know they didn't damage the ship they didn't really damage the the canal or anything like that so when it comes you know it all comes out in the wash and they make a netflix movie about it in two or three years then it'd be interesting to see what they make of it <laughs> yeah i think they said that it lost power and so it just kind of drifted mm-hmm. into drifted. the corner there so mm-hmm. yeah wild Anyway, hey, that's uh, that's what's going on in our world today. But uh, welcome to the episode. Hey, we want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor today, Scout APM, for sponsoring the show. We're going to hear about them a little bit later. But in the meantime, we're going to jump into the news, releases, packages, and tutorials. We've got a good deal of them today here. So we're going to start right at the top with Laravel 8.33. So Laravel team released 8.33 with the ability to find a missing callback for resource routes, a string encryptor interface, and the latest changes in the 8.x branch. So this missing option for resource routes is a pretty cool one. So a lot of mustache contributed a missing method to register a callback on resource routes that result in a 404. I'm not particularly fond of using resource routes, but some people are, right? So it's route colon colon resource. This is where it defines the get, the post, the patch, the delete, all that stuff for you in one in one route. And so what you can do now is you've got a fluent chained method that you can put onto the end of this route resource called missing. It accepts a closure 
and then you can return whatever you want when you encounter a 404. Uh, so if your if your request to your resource results in a 404, you can handle it in a custom way. Uh, so that's pretty cool. We've also got this string encryptor interface. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna do terrible with this name. Marco Aurelio Deliu, I think. I think that's contributed, yeah, contributed a string encryptor interface for an encrypting and decrypting strings without serialization. Uh, so most people don't really need to worry about this, but the interface is just like string encryptor, encrypt string, decrypt string. I thought that there was also something about this that allowed us to encrypt or decrypt without having to use a package now, like on Eloquent or something like that, like to be able to encrypt and decrypt. Am I thinking yeah. about something else or is this the same I thing? I think you are. No, no, no. So that was, I'm pretty sure it was JMAC that had made that pull request so that you can just say that whatever, like using the, the casting system to say encrypted okay, and, sure. and Eloquent would handle that for you. I think this is just around creating a yeah, string I, encryptor interface such that you can bind the in your interface own. to yeah. the container and swap in your own at runtime using the, the inversion of control container and things like that. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Um, I also wanted to say that this guy, I, I dug into some of his stuff and um, he's got a lot of really good stuff about Laravel and AWS. Um, so he talks about using AWS KMS, which is key management system with Laravel. So if you've ever had to go through the pain of an audit where they ask you, hey, when was the last time you rotated your AWS keys? You know the pain that that is to have to yeah. do that. So this gentleman talks about using the AWS key management system with your Laravel uh, installation. Mm -hmm. And so he's got some really good stuff around that. He's got some other really good posts. So uh, we'll link it up in the in the show notes, but he's he's a really talented developer for sure. Uh, yeah. So hey, thanks a lot for uh, the new encryptor interface, string encryptor interface. Uh, we also have now Matthew Boynes contributed a fix where logging out of other devices doesn't check the password, uh, so it rehashes inadvertently changing the user's password. With this fix, the session guard will now check the password and throw an exception in a mismatch case. Um, so. Uh, you can check out the pull request for more details if you're curious. Does that make sense? If you if you use that, uh, no? Okay, so uh, Taylor introduced with Jetstream or whatever, I believe, the idea to be able to monitor sessions that are for like different devices yeah. or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So if you log out of another device, uh, it doesn't check the password, apparently, is what it's saying. Right, so in okay. order to log it out, it rehashes the password and it mm -hmm. inadvertently changes the user's password, he said, is, is the idea, okay. right? So... Um, the session guard now checks the password and then throws an exception if it's a mismatch. So that's that. Okay. We also have a contribution from Tom Irons who contributed the ability to have null database columns using the as array object and as collection casts. So Taylor mentioned this in his keynote at Laracon 2021. Previously, a nullable database column used with one of these casts would cause an undefined error when accessing an attribute. So now uh, you can use uh, a nullable column and still get the wonderful new casts of as array object and as collection without getting that error. So you can find that and all the other uh, notes going along with this change in the show notes. That's 8.33. Mr. Dorinda, hit us up. 8.34. 8.34. Added some new uh, type assertions in the Fluent JSON API, a prohibited validation rule, some new event fake assertions, and some other changes. So first off, the user at Juno underscore Okio added an exclude path option in the route list command. So if you were to do the PHP artisan route list dash dash without dash path flag to your route list command, 
This will now accept a comma-separated list of route paths to exclude from the output. Some packages do add routes that you may you know, not care about. So if you're doing a route list, you might want to get rid of Telescope or you might want to get rid of the Nova routes and just focus on your application-specific routes. So that's definitely something that is of interest to me because sometimes I know that the Telescope and, and Horizon and things like that, not only do they add a whole bunch of extra routes that aren't relevant to my application, but there's usually a lot of middleware and things like that attached to it. So just scrolls and scrolls and scrolls, particularly in a, yeah, in a bigger a screen, uh, in a bigger application. So it's good to be able to just exclude those things in there. So thanks to at Juno Okio for that one. Next up, Luke Downing contributed a remove method to the string and stringable classes in the Illuminate support namespace. So the remove method will accept a string character, a string of characters to remove from a string or an array of strings. So if you were to do string colon colon remove o comma foobar, it will remove all of the o characters from that string. Um, so instead of foobar, you'd just have f bar. So check that out if that's something of interest to you. Speaking of f bar, no, I'm just kidding. You remember f bar? You ever use f bar? I remember f. I've I used it recently. I use it all I the use time. I use it to do all of my displays that are not Jan, set up. Jan Ustland. If you haven't checked out FBAR and you're using Forge, you should definitely check out FBAR. Mm-hmm. That's a free plug for you, Jan. You're the man. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Keep going. Next up, Sven Luten contributed where type and where all type methods to the Fluent JSON Assertions API. So we talked about this last week where you can now assert JSON and pass it a closure and you'll get back a JSON assertion object where you can make assertions against your JSON object rather than having to do, you know, so JSON fragment and things like that. So these are some new methods that you can check. So you can check that a given key is of a given type. So you can do where type name comma string to make sure that the name value that comes back is a string. This is good if you're, you know, not relying on PHP's type juggling and you want to make sure that you're returning a number that is actually a number and things like that. There's also the where all type where you can check multiple keys as an array. So name, arrow string, fat arrow string, and age, fat arrow integer. So if either of those two fails, then that assertion will fail, uh, will fail as well. So check that out. Philo Hermans contributed a new prohibited validation rule that will fail validation if a prohibited field is present in the request body. Uh, so this is useful if you have immutable values that should not change, but your API doesn't fail when the user tries to update that value. So instead, you can return a validation error if you detect an immutable property in the API request. So if you want to prevent a user from updating a certain field, you'd set the validation rule to prohibited and it will um, stop that from happening. So useful if you're doing patch requests and things like that and APIs or if you're just doing a, a full-on post and you don't want to don't want that to be overwritten. I suppose a good place for I'm curious this, how it does that. We'll probably just check to it... see if the key if the key is in the request and just says no you can't change this. Hmm. So I had a I had a scenario that has escaped me I mean, now would, where this would be useful. Would this be like if you had a... Okay. Yeah, it just checks if it's in the request. I see. So it's so, yeah, only so it checks, to provide... So if you're trying to change to the ID, validation. Sure. I yeah. mean, yeah, I guess if you're if you're doing something... Like the only case in which that would be sort of dangerous is if you were doing a like... Request all. Request all. Yeah, which would mm-hmm. be a bad idea anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or if you were doing... Like, if, you did, if you just did the data off of like request validate, Right, mm-hmm. you got yeah. validated, I guess. Correct. Yeah. So you, I mean, if you were using, for example, UUIDs for your IDs, sure. and you would post to an endpoint with the ID in that endpoint, and then you would pass 
the ID and the payload, for example. So it's just adding another layer of protection. Naturally, we would, as you said, recommend don't do request all. Make sure you're validating only the fields that you want to to actually update in your models and things like that. But this is just another layer of protection. Interesting. Mm. Fair enough. Next up, we have at Gilberto Rossi contributed a strict parameter for the distinct validation rule. The distinct rule uses PHP's in array function. And if you pass the strict parameter to the in array check, it will be strict. Uh, so you can do a, a, a distinct colon strict, and it will ensure that things are tested in array in a strict fashion. Check that out if that's something that you need in your applications. Next up, Louis Dalmelin contributed the ability to assert if event listeners are attached to expected events. So this is event assert listening, and then you can specify an event and then the corresponding listener to make sure that those events or those listeners are responding to the correct mm. events within your application. Yeah. So that's always handy because you know that is handy, whenever actually. I've had to test events in the past, you can do event colon colon fake, and then you can assert right. that a specific event was fired, and you can um, and then separately you can test the side effects of that. But if you're just wanting to quickly scaffold out, you know, get through that red green refactor cycle, you want to make sure that a specific class is listening. This is really helpful, you know, to make sure that you have registered that listener in your event service provider and things like that. So thank you to Luis for that one. And last up, Joseph Silver contributed lazy and lazy by ID methods to the query builder, which will chunk results behind the scenes and return a single lazy collection of results. And documentation for the lazy method has also been added, I think, since this post was written. So definitely check that out if you are into lazy collections. Which... Uh, this was this is a big deal, by the way. Um, this one is uh, because I think this is using. So it used to be that you had to do all sorts of craziness with if you wanted to use if you wanted to use Eloquent and get a lazy collection off of it, you had to have these special these special methods that you would use to do that. And now you'll notice mm-hmm. that like you can just do an each and a map right off of that lazy. So you use our colon colon lazy. Mm-hmm. So now you don't need custom methods to do all that anymore. You didn't it's have just to use, use cur- yeah. I think before yeah. we had to use cursor, right, and then right, pass exactly. it, pass it your closure and things like that. Yeah. So there was a write up on it. He um, on Twitter he talked about it a little bit. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a really good one, especially if you're dealing with super large data sets uh, pulling mm-hmm. back from the database. So really good one. Joseph's been yeah, this, killing it on all that stuff. There's good description in the pull request. It's number thirty. 36- 30, yeah, 3669 on the framework repository. So we'll have links to all of that in the show notes for you to check out. Yeah. Yep, yep. Actually, this is where I read it. Yeah, I didn't read it on Twitter. Maybe he talked about it on Twitter, but I read it on here. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Okay. Hey, so at Laracon Online, Taylor gave attendees a first glimpse of Laravel Octane, this thing that he's been teasing for a while. What did he call it before? What was it? I called it Nitro. Nitro. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nitro. Okay. So what it is, though, uh, and I don't know if it's like, I doubt it's Rocket League inspired, but there's an Octane car. And I saw a couple of people saying like, you should name it Dominus because that's another fun car <laughs> in Rocket League. Anyway, it is a unified first party package for running highly performant Laravel utilizing environments like Swool and Roadrunner. So Swool and Roadrunner are both uh, async sort of PHP engines, right? So in his demo... He showed that Octane delivered roughly 6,000 plus requests per second. 6,000 requests per second. And some Hello World examples under a load of 50 concurrent requests using four concurrent threads. 
during the demo. So he also uh, did this using something called work. So this is work command, which we will talk about a little bit later in the show, or you can use to kind of benchmark your own, your own applications. But basically, the way that it works is Octane's entry point is an artisan console command, Octane start. And that runs either Swool or Roadrunner in the background. So you can specify which technology to use and how many threads to run based on your environment's CPU threads by just doing artisan, Octane start, dash dash workers, set the number of workers, dash dash server, and then set Roadrunner or Swool. So they both utilize coroutines that enable PHP to run more efficiently by forking several worker processes based on CPU core numbers. Uh, so using Swool or Roadrunner allows better app startup efficiency coupled with PHP op cache to minimize overhead by storing bytecode and shared memory. So think of it just as a consistent process that continues to run. So with PHP, typically you have the live, die, and then recite, new cycle every single time a request is made, right? So basically this allows it to run almost like as a daemon. If you think about how your queue workers run as a daemon, if you set the daemon flag, this basically allows your entire application to run as a daemon. It just stays booted up. Now, there are obviously some problems with that, like sessions and a bunch of other stuff that this just kind of abstracts behind the scenes for you and just takes mm -hmm. care of that. So PHP workers remain active between requests. You can cycle them after X requests via an artisan flag, uh, and they'll be ready to receive new requests. Uh, so this eliminates framework startup time and it has a significant impact on performance for applications with heavy HTTP workloads. So why? Why are we doing this? Typical applications don't typically demand uh, outlandish requests per second uh, that we see in these early demos of Octane. However, the need for high availability PHP applications is common and Laravel is in a unique position to guarantee that framework level code works seamlessly with tools like Swool and Octane. So some people were like, well, why? Well, I mean, he's just repackaging Swool and Roadrunner. It's like, yeah, no joke. That's exactly correct. Mm -hmm. That is what he's doing. He's making it really easy to work with because these technologies have been out there for a long time. It's been years and years, right? We've had talks on some of these things. But now first-party support for Laravel really will accelerate the use of these libraries uh, for sure. So the entire PHP ecosystem really benefits from these things that Taylor does because mm -hmm. Laravel is such a popular tool. Uh, so it will be released in a couple weeks, probably. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we've got some links to Roadrunner and Swool that you can take a look at to get up to date on what's going on with those. So there we go. Beautiful. That's Octane. It was fun. Yes, yes, yes. Next up, Tailwind CSS now has a just-in-time compiler. This was announced as a brand new feature uh, using an experimental library that compiles all of your CSS on demand on demand. As you author your template file files, <laughs> as you author your template files instead of generating the entire um, style sheet up front. So, the the old workflow for Tailwind was in development. You'd run npm run dev, and it yep. would just build everything from the Tailwind config, basically giving you four, five, six megabytes of of CSS, and then as part of your deployment strategy you would run npm run production which would run through purge css and then strip out everything that you're not actually using so the jit compiler the just-in-time compiler flips that on its head such that it's generating css based on what you're using rather than stripping out what you're not using and this gives you the benefit of essentially watching all of your resource files as you're writing them compiling the css and we're talking you know tens of milliseconds to to do this and then it gives you a, a really quick way to build it out and and the one of the biggest benefits of this is that you can then chain your um pseudo classes so you could do you know sm colon hover colon focus colon 
BG grade 50 or whatever. So one of the hardest constraints that the Tailwind team or the Tailwind Labs team had to deal with as they improved Tailwind was the generated file size in development. With enough customizations to your configuration file, the generated CSS can reach 10 meg or more, and there's only so much CSS that build, build tools and even the browser itself will comfortably tolerate before it starts grinding up. So for that reason, you've always had to be careful about expensive changes to your config file, like adding too many extra breakpoints or enabling extra variants like disabled or focus visible. So adding this is really simple. You can npm install it. Uh, so it's npm install dash capital D at Tailwind CSS slash JIT, and then changing your post CSS configuration from using Tailwind CSS to at Tailwind CSS slash JIT, and it all just works. Um, there is another article on Laravel News that talks about getting it up and running in your Laravel applications that is really super simple as well. Um, it's just a couple of lines changes and off it goes. So um, I've I've been using it this week on a couple of different projects and it's just incredible how much easier it is to to just build out your applications using the Tailwind utilities and, and only ever having exactly what you need available to you as you need it. Um, and really, the you know the, that's the just-in-time aspect of it. So kudos to the the Tailwind team for getting that off the ground and into everyone's hands. Yeah, also, they shipped uh, 1.15 of the CSS JIP project. So this adds in the important modifier. So mm. you can do exclamation point and then whatever your class is, and it will add it as like an important class, which is pretty, pretty awesome. So I actually was using this as a... Um, so I had something extracted to a blade component. I think it was an SVG. It was a little icon. And I wanted to have a default height and width of eight on this on this SVG. But then I wanted to be able to pass in a different height and width if I cared to, right? And mm-hmm. if you do that, it doesn't necessarily work. So like if you say H8, W8, and then H10, W10, doesn't matter. Like it, it still mm-hmm. uses the first one. And so now if you do pound, is it pound? No, sorry, no. Exclamation point H10, exclamation point W10. It would override those, um, and you could just pass that into the class, and just then it merges the attributes on the on the blade component. So, pretty cool. I was actually looking for that like yesterday, and so tried it today. It worked. It worked. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, um, the is that your tutorial, by the way? How to use Jit compiler with Mix? It is. Yes. Um, what, let's just talk about it because we're already talking about it, right? All right. Let's go. Uh, okay. So our very own Mr. Dorinda basically made this for me pretty much because <laughs> I was waiting for it. It's like, how do I do this? And so he, Mike, Michael put it all together. So yeah, it's really easy to set it up with Laravel Mix. And you know what? Sorry. I'll just say I'm really happy to have it. Thank you for putting this together, but I'll let you talk about That's it. Right. Why don't you tell us how to do it? <laughs> talk to us it's, about it. Um, th- there are very few benefits to being down here when when you know things come out uh, because usually I'm the last to know. But sometimes uh, I get to see things first, so I get to 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 write these little things up. But it, it's 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 the it's a simple process. It's essentially installing the JIT compiler as we already said. So npm install uh, dash capital D at Tailwind CSS slash JIT space Tailwind CSS space post CSS. And then just updating your webpack.mix.js to use the the Tailwind CSS JIT instead of um, the Tailwind CSS, and 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 off it goes. There's there's not really too much to it. 
as long as it's watching your blade, your JavaScript, and your view files. Um, and, and sometimes I'll also add um, app HTTP LiveWire if I'm doing LiveWire. So it watches the PHP files because sometimes if I'm doing like alert classes and things like that uh, or alert components and things like that where I'm generating dynamically the class names based on like a green, blue, red or, you know, danger, warning, whatever. Sure, yeah. Then I'll have the class names in those files as well. So I don't want them to get blown away in a production build. So... Yeah, it's it's three steps essentially, and just then running npm run watch, and off it goes. So yeah, so I've used uh, I used that earlier this week. You saved me some time, so mm. thanks a lot for writing that up. Appreciate it. Nice. Hey, uh, wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Scout APM. So Scout APM is Scout Application Performance Monitoring. That's what the APM stands for. So it's designed to help PHP developers quickly find and for and fix their performance issues without having to deal with a really heavy process running on your server at all times that's monitoring everything. They have a really developer-centric UI, and it helps you to trace logic that ties bottlenecks to your source code so you can quickly pinpoint and resolve performance abnormalities, things like N plus one queries or slow database queries or memory bloat. These are things that you will never see until your stuff is in production. So you can spend less time debugging, more time rebuilding, and more time building. That is the goal. Uh, They have real-time alerting, weekly digest emails, and you can rest easy at night knowing that Scout is on watch. You can give Scout a a free try today for 14 days and experience firsthand why PHP developers are really enjoying using Scout. Uh, A new startup plans pricing start at $39 a month. And for Laravel News listeners, Scout is going to donate $5 to the open source project of your choice when you deploy. You can learn more at scoutapm.com slash Laravel News. Thanks, Scout. There's a package for this feature. Thank God someone made it. Thank God someone made it. Whoa. There's a package for this feature. Thank God someone made it. Alrighty. Now we've got package time. Package time. Package time. Package time. Package time. We need like a little song for packages. Yeah? Packages, packages, package, package, packages, packages, packages. Michael, you should have uh, Eli come in here and come up with a song. He could probably, it probably has something to do with planets. He's um, he's singing at the moment. It's just like the not good kind of singing. <laughs> not the good kind. <laughs> it's the Is there a bad crying. kind of singing? There's oh, the, there's the crying uh, kind of singing. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, well, I'm going to jump into this Laravel Eloquent Power Joins package. Sounds pretty awesome. If you have some experience using databases, it's very likely that at some point in your career as a developer, you have used a join. So joins are used for all sorts of different reasons, selecting data, joining other tables, limiting the matching of your query. So things like user has many posts or post has many comments or post morph many images. So on Laravel, using Eloquent, uh, joining the post table would look something like user select, users.star, join, posts on post.userid where it's equal to the user id right so it's that's what it is if you've used a join before you know what i'm talking about in case you want to join posts and comments table it gets more complicated right you have another layer you have the join posts by post user id equals user id and then comments equals comments post id equals post id okay right so it's it's getting a little bit complicated right so it's fine we understand that that's that's all good but we already have all these relationships to find in our models, right? We're repeating the implementation details when we write these join statements. So instead of doing this, wouldn't it be cool if you could just do the following? User join relationship posts or user join relationships posts dot comments. 
like you would if you were doing sort of like with, right? I think that's how it works. I think you can do with and do mm-hmm. a uh, dot like that. Yeah. It's less code to read. And more importantly, it's easier code to read. So it also hides any implementation details and how your relationship works. So also, if your relationship changes, your joins are automatically updated. That's exactly what this package does. Eloquent Power Joins Package. So this is uh, by Kirschbaum Development. They've got a couple other packages out there that we've talked about on the show, show before. So they have joining polymorphic relationships. They have nested relationships. Uh, it works with all of them, by the way. Belongs to many, has many through, all of that stuff. Uh, and it also it takes into account the soft deletes trait, which is really, really nice. So they've got all sorts of stuff here. It's really, really, uh, it looks like it shows in your performance as well. So it's going to help your performance. And then they've got a bunch of stuff in here uh, regarding other ways that you can use this. I would go through all of it, but this is more like a tutorial rather than a package announcement. So if you're interested in this, which you should be if you're ever using joins, and if you're not, then mm, I don't know. Should I be surprised? Should Should I be surprised surprised if people aren't using joins? Um, I think they're probably much less common if you're using Eloquent just because using the relationship methods is easier. But at certain times, you know, relationships are the more efficient query rather than doing, you know, grabbing users and then grabbing all of their profiles or grabbing posts and gra- and and then you know separately grabbing all of the comments being able to yeah. to join it all in in one query can be quicker. Yeah, this sort of allows you to uh, use the power of the database in which you're you're using uh you know what I mean? So MySQL is yeah. really intelligent about optimizing your query. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of using like you said, instead of using eloquent and collections and things like that to grab it all off. So, yeah, if you're not using uh, joins, maybe look into it. It's a little bit of a learning curve, but not too bad. And this should hopefully make it a bit easier as well. So thanks, the folks over at Kirschbaum. Nice mm-hmm. work. Beautiful. Okay. Let's talk about SMTP, shall we? Yeah, Laravel. Laravel SMTP crack, which I haven't actually read this article, but I've seen this thing pop up a couple of times. Spammers have one goal, and that is to spend as send as much spam as cheaply as possible with good IPs that are not blocked. And we've been hearing more and more reports of Laravel apps getting their SMTP credentials compromised and the attackers using those to send junk mail. This is not related to any vulnerability in Laravel itself, but the issue is coming from improper server setups or not turning off debug mode. Uh, So when you're using your... uh, Sorry, when you're in production, the one key thing to be careful of is to turn off the app underscore debug mode. If you're using Laravel Forge, it will actually prompt you if you're set to production and you've got app debug left to true, okay, it will, it will pop up and warn you, hey, are you sure you want to do this? So make sure it's turned off. The other, um, and, and that will also prevent your stack traces and things like that from being dumped out. So if you run into any exceptions, then you know the, the, the stack trace that comes from Ignition will show all of your credentials, database passwords, AWS keys, anything like that. So it's important to turn off your debug mode and the other thing is to hide your .env file. So in a in a default Laravel application, the .env file sits outside of your public directory, so it won't be accessible in most scenarios. If you're deploying to you know Forge host or something that that's configured correctly, if you're doing something like deploying to a cPanel server and you're up one directory, then you have to be very careful not to expose your .env file, and and certainly don't commit your secrets and keys and things like that to an env file in a 
public repository on GitHub or GitLab or whatever. Private repositories is not as bad because the theory being you trust all the people that you're giving access to the repository, but certainly not to any public repository. So this is around, um, you know, just keeping your application credentials safe because, you know, spammers get a hold of those credentials. They start spending, sending thousands of, of emails and suddenly that starts ending up on your, you know, SNS or, or S, whatever the, the Amazon SES, simple email service, it starts, you know, driving up the cost of that. It, it affects your uh, ability to send, it, you know, all that kind of stuff. So something to be mindful of. This is more a PSA than anything specific. So, yeah. Very nice. Hey, I'm really excited about two things right now. Number one, I'm really excited to talk about the Blade Icons stable release by Dries Vince. And also, I'm really excited that Andrea Santabanez said he would sing a packages song for us. <laughs> I'm putting him on the spot. He messaged me. He's like, hey, I don't think that packages song has much of a future. I'm like, unless you sing it, like, just let's do it. He's like, I'm in my PJs. I can't sing that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So we're going to maybe we'll have him on at the end as like a little special for anybody who wants to hear Andreas's packages song. And then what we could do. Oh, here's what we could do. Then every time before we go into the packages section, we'll just play his little song. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's going to be great. This isn't going to turn into perfect. one of those podcasts. This guy's like a soundboard. <laughs> awesome. Like Zonda or like, what is that other thing? What did, what did that other thing that he said? What a rush, right? What a in. rush. Yeah. <laughs> okay, back to the show. So Blade Icons is a package to easily make use of SVG icons in your Laravel Blade views. So we all love SVGs. They're wonderful. They're amazing. Uh, I'm glad that we don't have to use fonts anymore for icons. Remember Font Awesome and that we just have to like mm. include that custom font and then you'd have to use those with like a font. I don't know. It was just weird. You have to use like the letter I or something goofy like that or I can't remember. Yeah, It was crazy icon, times. Yeah. It's crazy mm-hmm. times. Uh, but this week, uh, Dries Vince released his first stable version. That's the 1.0.0 of Blade Icons. So this is a really cool package. I almost used it the other day, but I decided against it because I was like, I can just throw these into Blade components real fast myself. And I mm-hmm. only have like 10 of them. But mm-hmm. with the release of 1.0 stable, here are some features added in the stable release. We already covered 0.1 uh, on the show. But here we have caching. So there's a new command uh, to cache icons. There's a default icon component. There's file system disks to load your icons from different locations, fallback icons. There's multiple icon paths that you can define as well as default attributes that you can define for each. uh, So for their attributes that get added to every icon, right? So one feature that, so you can basically do this. You take your SVGs, you drop them into a location in your, in your application. Then, yeah, in your config, you basically just say, hey, here's where they are. And then now what you can do, instead of having to create a custom blade icon, blade thing for each one of them, you can just say X dot dash icon name equals, and then the name of the SVG. And that'll mm-hmm. render your icon, your SVG icon for you, which is awesome. So Heroicons and Zondicons were uh, released already with a stable 1.0 release. But you can also use this for your own icons if you happen to have a bunch of SVGs laying around that you want to use this package with. So very, very cool. Nice job, Dries. Looking forward to digging into it in the near future here uh, once I get a little more time and a few more icons to work with. That's awesome, mm. though. Great work. Great work. Very nice. Okay. Next up, during Taylor's Laracon online talk on Laravel Octane, he used both the Apache Bench utility and a tool named WRK 
which is a modern HTTP benchmarking tool capable of generating significant load when run on a single multi-core CPU. It combines a multi-threaded design with scalable event notification systems such as ePoll and KQ. Neither of those things I know about. Um, But basically, this allows you to run a HTTP benchmark against an endpoint in your application um, and and just see what your application is capable of, see how long it's going to take to run there. It... Apache Bench, I think, was always a single thread, single core thing. So you could only throw so much traffic at your application. Whereas the WRK, because it's multi-threaded um, and multi-core, you can certainly simulate a lot more traffic to to determine load, to see what's going to bottleneck your application and things like that. So if you need to do some benchmark testing, check out the WRK command, which you can install by uh, Homebrew. We'll have links to all of that. In the show notes. Okay, we've got managing scheduled tasks through a dashboard. So Laravel database schedule is a package to schedule tasks through a UI dashboard without having to redeploy your application. So while you'll still need to write the scheduled task commands, once they've been created, you can use the provided schedule endpoint to configure the tasks schedule. So the highlighted features are managing scheduled tasks via GUI, uh, custom authentication logic for access to your dashboard, configurable parameters via the UI, uh, before and after webhook endpoints, sending tasks uh, output via email, and then you're able to see the command run history from the dashboard. So you can learn more about this package and get full installation instructions in the show notes. All right, yeah, right. on to the tutorials. We got a bunch of them. We're going to go quick. Michael's been told. Have you been told? I've been I've been told. I've been told. I've You've been, been summoned. <laughs> I've been summoned. You've been summoned by the children. They're like, Daddy! Yeah. Daddy! So here right is now. a quick tip. Using the Laravel from testing helper. So if you've ever done uh, a post request using Laravel's HTTP test assertions and done an assertion to to check redirects. Uh, so typically if you were to have a, say you go to a slash, a slash posts and you post to from that endpoint. And at the end of that, because the validation has failed, you just have redirect back. Or sorry, not because the validation's failed, but because you've you've created that post, you then redirect back to slash post. So you go redirect back, and without explicitly setting where you came from in your test, uh, the previous URL session variable won't be set. And because we're simulating things, we're not actually you know coming from a page, posting to a page, and then being redirected. That can fail. So using the from helper. So if you were to do this arrow acting as arrow from slash post slash edit um, and then send your your patch request to edit that post. You can make sure that you are then redirected back to the edit thing. So I mix nice. up my examples there from from uh, you know, posts to, to users and backwards, but um, I hope you got the gist of it. And if you if didn't, ever, yeah, the link to the article will be in the show notes. Exactly. Right, exactly. Yep. If you ever have like a validation error and have to redirect back, but you don't have a place that you're redirecting back from, it can be annoying, right? So the test basically says, here's where you're coming from. And then you do your request and assert that you're uh, redirected back. Okay. Uh, We've got 18 tips to optimize your database queries. And we're going to go through all of them. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Number one is retrieving large data sets. Lots of options in there for how you could do that. Number two is selecting only the columns you need. Number three is using pluck. Number four is counting rows using a query instead of a collection. Number five is avoiding N plus ones. Number six is eager loading nested relationships. Seven is do not load belongs to relationships if you just need its ID. Eight is avoid unnecessary queries. And the rest you can read about 
in the show notes. Mr. Barnes is going to be like, oh, yeah, redirect people to the website. This is going to be great. There you go. All those sponsors are, really, are eating this up. They're loving this. Okay. We already talked about Next how to stop. use Tailwind's JIT compiler <laughs> with Laravel Mix. So now we have a duplicate or clone a database record with Laravel. Hit yes, it. If you, have ever, if you have ever needed to duplicate or clone a database record, Laravel provides a very handy function for this called replicate. This will take an eloquent model and make a copy so you can then make changes and save it. So if you were to find a post, you wanted to replicate it, um, and then you can update specific fields on it and then create a new post. This is useful, I suppose, if you're using a template. So if you have template records in your article, uh, in your database and you want to use that to create a new record. And so if you're templating users with certain permissions or things like that, you can use the replicate method to uh, do that quickly and easily. So definitely check that one out. Uh, Andre Heldar is the next dude that we're talking about here who talked about how to uh, migrate one database to another in your project uh, using this package that he's got. So migrate we DB is a package. Did we really? Yep. We're finished. This is it. Okay. The end hey, is here. Also, Andre <laughs> Heller, if you go to Heldar, if you go to his GitHub, I was like, oh my word, this is like a senior citizen doing development. It's not. He says he's 32, but you should go look at his profile image. I think he did one of those like face swap things where it's like an old man thing. Anyway, mm. it looks kind of creepy. <laughs> hey, everybody. This was episode 139 of the Laravel News Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to find show notes of this episode, you can find them at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 139. If you like the show, rate it up five stars. And your podcast of choice would be very appreciated. Michael and myself are on Twitter at Michael Dorinda, at Jacob Bennett, or at Laravel News. Come talk to us if you have anything to say, nice or otherwise. And then at the end here, we've got... Andreas Santabanez singing his package song, maybe or maybe not. We'll see. Until next time, we'll see you in two weeks, folks. See you. Bye. If Jake and Michael call for you to write a song, it's such a great honor to be in the show. And here it goes. When a humble death is required to make some work with no answers but questions of the job he's been set. He starts planning his tasks a feature at a time just to realize that he needs extra hands he comes across some posts that reason with his thoughts in a package that might have the solution to all there's a package for this feature thank god someone made it thank god someone made it Whoa.